This is Hitting the Mark. Conversations with founders about the intersection of brand clarity and startup success. With your host, brand strategist and author, Fabian Geierhalter. You don't have to hire agencies and try to, you know, do market studies and and, and, and surveys to know exactly the wording you need to know. You just need to try things until you find the sweet spot and see, you know, what does consumers really react to and what do they like uh, when we try a few things. And, and that's, that's how you, you grow as a brand. And that's how you find out, you know, as a funnel again, you kind of follow down, funnel down to, you know, the, the tactics that really works. David Cote and Julie Potroa-Saunier run Loop Mission, which collaborates with major food industry actors to save perfectly good but rejected products discarded before reaching grocery stores and transforms them into products such as juices, smoothies, sodas, beer, gin, soaps, and dog treats. And I'm sure there's more to come. I have to be frank, and I can cut this intro very short. I have a complete brand crush, and to me, Loop is inspirational on so many fronts that it would be silly to mention them, and instead, I will assume you will trust my professional opinion and dive right into this episode where Julie and David share the way they continue to build their ever-expanding brand upon purpose with a twist of wit. And a quick plug, if you want to support the show and hop on monthly calls with myself and a group of either inspiring entrepreneurs or passionate creatives and strategists, please go to patreon.com slash hitting the mark to show your support. And now, without further ado, over to my inspiring conversation with Julie and David. Welcome to the show, Julie and David. Thank you. Thank you. It's so amazing to have you here. I mean, it's, it's amazing you found time to be here. Um, let me quote an Instagram post of Loop from a few days ago. Here's what it said, and I'm sure it was one of you saying this. It says, what a year this month has been, <laughs> which I absolutely love. And then you, you list out all the things that you did in this month. We opened a new factory. We held a press conference. Um, we received a DUX prize for our probiotic sodas. And it keeps going, 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 going. Um, and then in the end, you say, ready for what May has to offer. So I guess let that be my intro and let hitting the mark be just one of the many things May already has to offer <laughs> for you. Um, it's been a crazy couple of weeks for you. Um, I know that based on based on following you on Instagram. But before we jump into that, tell us how it all began. In in 2016, you launched Disguised as a juice company, but you're not a juice company. You're also a soap company and a beer brand, and you distill gin and you sell dog treats. But none of that is really at the heart of the company. So so tell us a little bit how how everything came about. <laughs> I love to hear it in someone else's voice. I love it. Uh, we sound a little bit uh, all over the place. But I guess we <laughs> are, but, uh, in a constructive way, right? But uh, it all started with uh, with love, actually. Julie and I met in a Ferris wheel, which sounds absolutely, uh, you know, like a cartoon. And can't very romantic. be, can't but, be. Yeah, but it's, it's actually the reality. We actually did meet in a Ferris wheel. Uh, and we stayed in the Ferris wheel for hours. <laughs> And 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 we just we 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 just liked the way our each other's brains were working, and we just you know we're very different, Julie and I, but we're also very compatible. And 
we decided on that day that it will be nice to start a business together. And, and in the same kind of period, we, we got a phone call from a guy that was throwing away 16 to 25 tons of fruits and vegetables every single day. Uh, and the guy called us because he knew me because he, he was buying my kombucha because I, I had a kombucha company before this. Uh, and that's how everything started. From there, everything trickled down. I can let Julie uh, keep explaining. Yeah, at, at that time, I was a, as a place in my life that I was already working as a sustainability specialist in the food industry, but my dream was really to create a business that the more you sell of something, the better it is for the world. And I thought it was so challenging to show that to the industry that I was like, okay, I need to start a project. At the same time, I was super scared, uh, scared of the risk, uh, scared of like not succeeding, scared of because I've done this traditional path where I went to school, I like did a master's degree, I had like a steady job. And then I met David and we're like, okay, we have this opportunity of saving this food that is being wasted. And this is also an opportunity to show the industry that there is value in this way. And we're going to create that project out of based on circular economy that upcycled everything that is wasted and transform them into cold pressed juices. So it's really like how it, uh, it started all. So it's, it, it, it is kind of hilarious uh, that this started in a Ferris wheel. It's, so I am wondering, has this story been at all made up, Julie, or do you attest to what David said that this all started in a <laughs> Ferris wheel? Because look, I mean, Loop, the logo, the idea of Loop, the Ferris wheel, it's all coming together a little bit too easily here. <laughs> yeah, it, it's 100% true. Even though David is super romantic and he could easily have made that up. Now it's, it's really... <laughs> hey, it's wait really a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it's really the way we, we, we met. And it's, it's crazy because we didn't realize that we were creating a project called Loop and we met in a first wheel and there was also a connection there. We realized that I think a year after the project was started, we're like, okay, it's also linked to our love story and it was pure coincidence. And that's how authenticity. Um, uh, that that's how you, you you started running the whole running the whole show with authenticity, I guess, um, which is still so deeply ingrained in your in your company. But before we get that, let's let's go back to when I, when I did the intro and I said um, you're totally busy, you're super swamped, things are crazy, and you wonder how crazy, how exactly crazy they can actually get. Well. You're you're in a new factory right now, and and literally David just ran from it, or he's still in there. Um, I saw him with his uh, net uh, on his hair before, <laughs> but but you are you are behind um, with 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 everything in the new factory. So you are you are unable to currently fulfill orders. Um, you clearly stated on the website. You come to your website right now, and it just basically says it's like a splash page before you go into the website that says, "Hey, sorry, but here's a little video of us explaining what's going on." Um, that's huge. I mean, hugely successful on the one hand, uh, that 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 you have that you know that that you have so many orders. But on the other hand, this is crazy disruptive to you right now. Like like how how are you dealing with all of this? Oh, Fabian, <laughs> it's uh, it's you know I've been this is my third business, always in sustainability and purpose driven company, and it's 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 I've never seen this in my life like the. The, the, the rapidity of our growth, but also the fact that was this was you know linked with the opening a new factory and opening the U.S. as a market. Uh, we're just out launching in Sprouts, uh, the, basically next week. All of this together, wow, uh, 
slammed us so hard because our volume is going up, but we have to ramp up a factory that the machines are brand new and they're not really fully set up yet. And they're not all talking to each other. And it's a lot of new employees also because we moved, we not only changed factory, but we also changed uh, neighborhood. So we're in a different place. So not everyone could actually come in a new space. So we have a lot of new employees. So all of this together created a, a, such a catastrophic explosion. Like it's, we, we're, we're basically, you know, very behind. Like we have a fill rate of about 40, 50%. We can't supply our, our demand. A lot of people tell us, oh, you know what, guys, it's a beautiful problem to have, but it is. But also <laughs> for Jill and I who are, you know, we're very uh, customer-based and we want to please our customers as much as, as possible. And they're the most important thing for ourselves and because they're the ones that are supporting our mission, right? They're the sure. ones that are in there since the start supporting us. And all, even those little cafes and bakeries that have been, or they were the first customers to us. We have to tell them like, what well, guys, we're sorry, we can't supply you because we can't make enough juice right now. Yeah. It's really hard for our, our, our emotionally really, but but we see the light. I've been, I totally changed my, my, my way of working. You know, I used to be a, a few weeks ago in front of the computer and with Julie doing meetings and, you know, uh, doing business dev and new projects and R&D. And I became a, a, a factory uh, a pr production manager, basically. <laughs> so now I'm on the floor every single day from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. And I make sure that we pump as much juice as possible to our customers, really. All hands on deck, right? Uh, and yeah. that's how it has to go sometimes. But I mean, you know, it's it's amazing because obviously your your product was so good that everyone wanted it. Your 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 mission was so important that everyone understood it, and your marketing was too good that it kept pushing it. Um, and so now you're basically <laughs> you sure. you created a really great monster. But being in yeah. in midst of that is. I can only I can only imagine how it uh, how how it yeah. feels. Um, but you 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 you're you're also super authentic and transparent about what's going on, right? You have a behind the loop video series. Um, and and many would think that it may not be ideal to talk about how behind the factory is, especially if you just you know closed big deals with you know with sprouts and you know like like pretty pretty big um big big retailers here. Um, and you know, and and you have to close the e-com sales, and you know, a lot of people would think that 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 is maybe not the best thing to talk about publicly. But how has that philosophy of transparency and authenticity helped your brand growth? That's actually always been like our number one uh, priority with our brand is to be hundred percent transparent with consumers, to really talk about everything that's going on, the good or the bad. For us, we believe that like we're sharing like a journey, our journey to create that company that wants to tackle food waste, that want to uh, find a solution to this this massive uh, issue that uh, that is food waste. So for us, it's always that's always been something really important to be fully transparent, to communicate everything that we have. And we think that's a way also that consumers can be our, our partner, can be, uh, <clears throat> can be our, our um, let's say, our, our, uh, come with us in this whole journey of, of tackling food waste and not just be like, okay, everything is perfect. No, it's not. And we also want to inspire from the beginning. We wanted to inspire the industry, inspire people to do things differently. And it comes with challenges, of course, and it comes with bad things, with good things. And for us, it's, it's been really important to share that and to ensure that there is also a young entrepreneur that starts project, that listens to our series, that lo look at the, 
our videos and are like, okay, okay, this is the way you do it. Okay, there is challenges. I'm not alone. I'm not alone living these things. And like other companies have the same issues. I think it's also like creating a movement within like all the entrepreneurs. Uh, there is a lot of small food entrepreneurs that are trying to uh, solve this, have like create these businesses and have these issues. So we just want to share it with the world. I mean, if I can add, you know, we live in a world where, you know, social media has taken over with most of the time really one angle. Like people always show themselves on their best angles, right? And on their best image and best views and everything is always peaches and cream. And, and we feel like customers connect more with the brand and with us if we really show the real because everybody, nobody is peaches and cream. Everybody has ups and downs. We're all living this, right? And so we... We can connect more with the human side of a company. And I think we're, we live in an era where consumers don't want to just buy a product. They want to buy a story. They want to associate with themselves. You know, we, we build our whole identity with the products that we buy because we live in a, in a consumerism society where we buy a lot of stuff. So now we kind of associate our identity with what we buy. So if we can, you know, share a bit of our, you know, who we are and our depth and the purpose of what we do, then we can, you know, help people kind of, you know, take a little bit of that identity with them and, and make them feel like they're part of the mission with us, because they are, really. I so wholeheartedly um, uh, agree and support every every single thing you said. Uh, it makes it makes tons of tons of sense, and you know, but but you're taking it further because you're you're a couple, right? You're both basically the person as the brand, right? Uh, you know, very very obviously so. It makes tons of sense, right? Uh, people love authenticity, like you said, and both of you are handsome and charming. You've got the accent. All of this works, right? But <laughs> was there says someone with an accent? Right, but was there was there ever a moment where you felt you may be overextending yourselves, and it would be nice to maybe be behind the scenes for at least one of the two of you? The reason why I say this is because a lot of founders, um, when I work with them early on, they ask me if they should step up in front uh, and become the face of the brand and let their own personality and everything come through. Or should they remain behind the brand? Um, and and I'm sure that your advice would be very helpful for them listening. <laughs> for us, it's always been supernatural. Like we didn't think of it at the beginning, like, okay, we're going to put up uh, ourselves up front. But it's since we wanted to share that survey, it, it's always us behind like what's going on. But at the same time, it's make it easier that we're a couple because like we live, like we breathe loop every day. We live loop, and, and it's, so much part of our life that we're willing to share it and just to give you an idea i'm so not like a person on social media i don't even have an instagram account i'm like i haven't updated my facebook profile picture since i think like two, before even starting loop yeah and before even meeting david it's the same picture uh and it's so i'm really not a person of social media but it's so like it's not something that feels like i'm pressure of doing at loop because it's really like we don't like do the same thing and like practice a text and have to do it again. And it's something that is supernatural that we live our day-to-day -day activities and, and people just are there filming and taking picture. And for us, it's uh, it's always been something that is super like easy to do as part of like the rest of the day. And uh, it's not been something really that needed to be added. Hmm. 
I really, I really, I really like this, and I always say, and 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 I and I, I thought about it again. Uh, I thought about that again yesterday when uh, when I looked, uh, you know, at your website and your Instagram, and you started blending a little bit of that tongue in cheek and those quick videos and this not overly produced um, footage. You started blending it from from Instagram over to your website, and. Um, it inspired me personally. Uh, I, I, I started, I launched another company. It's in the product space. And I looked at it and I'm like, that's what, that's what every brand needs to do. And I think it's so important because when I want to get to know a brand, I don't look at their website. I look at their Instagram. I look at their social channels because that's where they come to life. I'm like, oh, that's what they're really up to. And that's how they really look. And this is how they really work. And this is what's really going on versus this kind of like perfectly composed website that in the end really doesn't tell us anything. And so I I, I was inspired looking at your side and how you started having some of these more, you know, gritty video loops in the background uh, and then the perfect product shot next to it. And I think that there's a certain balance that um, us as consumers, I think we really, we really ache to see that. So I very much agree with that. Yeah, it's, it's to me, it's the future of, of any you know CPG brand, what if if consume you know, not every consumer care really and wants to know who's behind it, but most of people are starting to be interested by that. Right? We want to know what values hold every brand that we buy. Anyway, I'm a consumer like this where I'm very curious about who's behind something and who I'm encouraging and who I'm giving my money to. Really, it, it comes down to this. Uh, so, so yeah, yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I really think it's the future of of every brand, as you say, Fabian. I totally agree with you. And even even if it's not necessarily a founder, because not every fo- some founders would say, "Look, I really don't want to be in front of the camera for whatever personal reasons." That, that that's totally fine. You don't have to be. You can still build an authentic brand. You can still tell the stories. You can still show the floor. You can show the employees. You can have people live and breathe that uh, that you know that vibe, right? That that's yeah. within a company that needs to come through in order to connect with a consumer. But you're also doing something really exciting um, outside of it, where it's not. You're not loop is not is not a closed a closed network that's all about about you as a company. You open it up and you call it loop synergies, where you really found a way to maximize the impact of your mission through partners. And I'm super interested to hear. I think that's pretty new, uh, a couple of months or but but tell us a little bit about loop synergies. Absolutely. Well, loop synergy is something that came out because once we you know when we launched our circular economy projects six years ago, we were kind of the only ones upcycling and, and talking about food waste. We were really just the, 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 the ones, yeah, no, we, there was nobody else in the market doing it. And now there's been many companies starting pop to, to pop that talks about upcycling, that wants to rescue, you know, a popsicle company, a chocolate company, a cookie company, and they, they, they incorporate rescue ingredients into their, their packaged goods. And what happens is that most of these companies realize that once they scale out, they scale up, it's very hard to manage the supply chain of overstock. It, it's very complex because it's it's fresh produce. It's not IQF. It's not frozen or pureed or aseptic juice. It's really fruits and veggies that were, you know, their destination was a grocery store. So they're packaged. The strawberries are in a clamshell. The grapes are in a bag. And you have to manage all of these overstock. You need manpower to open it and to transform it. So as soon as you scale up as a, as, a, as a food manufacturing company, any QA or any R&D person doesn't want to deal with this, right? But people want to use the messaging still because they see that it's, it's something on trend. And that's when people started calling us. It, most of the projects that we started, Fabian, is more people calling us 
than us saying we're going to do this. The problem with Julian and I is that we have a hard time saying no, right? Um, <laughs> that is so, a big problem. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, because we're, you know, at, at the base of our, our core, Julian and I were, were enver- environmentalists, we're activists, right? We want to make a change out there. And we've realized that to make the biggest change, we needed to have a company that grows and that influences other corporations, right? And now all kinds of people out there are calling us to say, Either I have a food waste, can you take it? And other companies are saying, I'd love to incorporate food waste, can you help us? So we realized that we are becoming kind of the calling center for either the people that want to create <laughs> an upcycle product and mostly the, all the organizations that have so much food waste, such as, you know, Conagra, Del Monte, Kraft, but yeah. also farmers, greenhouses. All of these people are calling us. We have a, a black book with all of the addresses and name and quantities of food that is wasted in our proximity, which and proximity is about you know a 700 mile radius, which is pretty big. Wow, goes all the way to New York, and the amount of produce that we have, or other kind of thing like food, like crust or dough or chickpeas, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is in you know it's we're probably about 500 tons a week right now. That's how much stuff that people are offering us. So Julie and I just want to find a solution, and Loop Synergy came where we thought, you know what, we're gonna take this overstock, transform it for people to make it more stable either a powder, a puree, or a juice that's frozen or, or pasteurized so that, so that these companies can buy it and they know that the product is always going to be stable so they can put it back in their ingredient list, basically. Just wanted to add that it's basically a way for us to be that middleman and ensure it's easier for the food industry to use upcycled ingredients because we've overcome so many challenges of working with that. But in the industry, it's like people need specification. I always like the same spec sheet, the same PA, the same bricks, the same variety of like if what you buy. And this was for us a way to create these ingredients and create a movement within the industry that everybody can just substitute what they currently have in their product, buy something that is upcycled really easily. And at the same time, for us, in terms of branding, it, we have some added value because these companies we have a partnership with them where they put our logo on their packaging saying that for example they are a yogurt company that substitutes its uh, strawberry puree bar or upcycled strawberry puree and they can, they rescued uh, strawberries with us so for us also it's a way to show that loop uh, is doing this upcycling with these huge companies and it's a way for us to ensure that huge corporation can also embark in that journey of circular economy and it's interesting how the Loop uh, logo kind of like becomes a stamp of um, authenticity the same way that, um, you know, that that an organic, you know, uh, or fair trade or any of these, um, you know, any of these organizations and stamps are an approval for the consumer to say, oh, this is what that is. So if there's if there's the Loop logo as kind of like a, like a, you know, a, a nod to this is how this product was being created. Um, really interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how, how that's going to be scalable and how it really turns into, into something that the industry can, 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 can adapt to. Um, it's very, actually, very cool. it's actually a bit scary to us because we have so much demand already. Of <laughs> and our team is like, Julie, David, you got to stop. Like you have to let us breathe and do, you know, the project <laughs> that we launched, the project that we launched a month ago, we'd like to, you know, just have some time to work on this one before there's a new one coming. And we're like, well, we can't because we have to do this fast. To be honest, Julie and I are, are very in a rush. And the reason we're in a rush is because we don't have that much time, right? We need to 
Mm-hmm. We need to like food waste is what is the third re- is the third biggest factor of greenhouse gas emission out there. So we know that by tra- you know transforming this into a product and instead of sending it to landfill, we're having a major impact. But the biggest impact we can have is by transforming the waste of the biggest food corporation out there. So that's that's why we're kind of in a rush to do it. I love that, and that's why that's where there, there's capital behind it, and there's a push to actually get this get this message out enough that the big ones start to actually notice it, and and more importantly, start to act upon it. Um, and that's really the only way to do it is to make an impact and keep pushing forwards. Um, absolutely, absolutely fantastic. When when you when you look back, um, and looking back, it's not that long, right? I mean, from from 2016 on. Um, what what was that one big breakthrough moment where you kind of felt like you know what uh, from 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 our our you know small idea from our thoughts here from our local idea regional idea this is actually we're turning into a brand like something is happening what was the one breakthrough moment where you felt like where you looked at each other and you're like yep this is the moment we will remember Julie uh, for me it's about when we started to receive phone calls from like multinationals that were calling us to help them <laughs> reduce their food waste for me, and that was really the moment that I was like, okay, this was the dream from the beginning to be that inspiration for like these huge companies and to show them that there is value in what they waste. And now they are turning to us to help them uh, like find solutions and, and want to partner with us to upcycle food uh, and that they show value in what we do. Uh, that was really the moment that we were like, okay, we're not, we really, we are a company now. We're not just like a startup. We're not just like these two dreamers with this crazy idea. It, like we have uh, recognition, uh, awareness, and not only for consumers, but really within the industry. And for me, that was always the goal from the beginning to be that reference that like company would call to help them find solutions. Is that, uh, David, would you, would you agree that that was the big moment for you as well? Um, there were so many moments, uh, <laughs> of course. But, yeah, but yeah, this was this was for sure a big one. Uh, I think, I think to me, it was when we. Uh, it's it's going to sound funny because it was, it was very very small, but it was the, it was such a beautiful moment. Is when we we made our first batch of juice. We were just starting, right? We we, we were in our, in our apartment. Sorry. Julie and I, and it was just two employees, Julie and me, and we <laughs> made our first batch of juice. And we, our first customers was a coffee shop uh, downtown. And we went and sat down at the coffee shop and we looked at our juice in their fridges. Mm. And someone bought a juice. A lady bought a juice. <laughs> and, and Julie couldn't believe it. Like she was freaking out. She was like, <laughs> oh my God, this is happening. Someone actually ordered our bottle and, and, and she went to the cash and she bought it. And it was such a big, and we went to see that woman to say, we just founded the company. This is the first juice that actually got sold ever. And it's the start of a big thing. And from there, I knew that something was happening. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, that is a huge moment. I mean, just, just witnessing that and knowing, okay, at the, at the moment of this interaction, even though if it was just a couple of dollars, right, this is now real. Um, and that's, and that's huge. Um, 
Talking about this being being real, um, I I also know you're doing these uh, these these team retreats. I mean, you've got a you've got a fairly fairly big team now, not big enough as we know, right? But and I, we also know it's growing constantly. But you're doing these team retreats, uh, and 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 now you're doing it at your at your private property actually, which looks uh, beautiful. Um, and and you spend the time to reiterate your values, your mission, your vision. Um, I personally think it is one of, uh, you know, it's something that every company should do, um, where it's not just team building, but it's actually, it goes back down to, hey, you know, like we stand for this thing and every year we need to really rethink it and make sure, can we go deeper or do we need to be more narrow? What what needs to what needs to happen? I have a couple of clients who hired me more than once to help them redefine the brand platform. So I know that this is super, super important. But um, with, with your yearly offsite um, team building activity, do you realign prior? Um, you know, j- just the two of you, or maybe together with with, with some with some others, um, and then present. Or how do you share that reinvigorated brand philosophy amongst your team? It, it's actually a process every year. It's a, a couple months of preparation. Almost we uh, will look at what we want to share, and it's the same that we do with consumers. We're hundred percent transparency. So we're like, okay what's going on. We really want to share everything. We show all like financial statement, everything that's going on. And we also ensure that we redefine together and realign on many things. So the idea is not for only David and I to present our vision or present what is, for example, the values of the company. We want to like develop these values and validate them every year with the entire team. So we look at what is important for us. We do activities to ensure everybody is on board with these values, and then we can adapt adapt it for the rest of the year or, or adopt it. So everybody can um, everybody can live it because they know that they've been part of the process to uh, develop this strategy or develop like this uh, mission statement. So all these things that are super important for the company: vis- vision, mission, values, uh, planification, uh, strategic planification. We do most of it during that uh, that uh, moment that we call uh, la calle pole <laughs> mm. uh, and we also at the same time it's a, it's a moment for us to really reconnect with the rest of the team to bound uh, we organize a, a treasure hunt at night with flashlights so i think it's something that really bound the team together and makes makes it like a a family thing and that's also that, that was also important for us to invite people at our place um, to uh, to, to make them feel part of, like, to s- make them see our environment, see where we live, uh, like, we cook for them, we, uh, like, everything is really homemade, 100% transparent again, and so that's something really important for us, and I think that that year, this year will be the first one that we cannot have it at our place, because the team is too big now, and, like, last year, it was really stretched out, um, but hopefully, we're going to continue to have the same spirit, and and share that same energy with the team, uh, but in another location. I think we'll do it, Julie. We'll just be very tight. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how the story is going to keep going on and on. Yeah. You, you, just, you just have to move to a bigger place, right? Like even more space. That's how it is. Um, even though <laughs> well, it looks like you have a lot of space. <laughs> we love our place. We live in the, in the forest by a lake. And I think that's that place is what kept our sanity during this whole process. So I'm sure. Yeah, I don't think we'll move pretty soon. If we're moving somewhere, we're going in California. 
I oh here we go. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> um, California realtors are going to start calling you after this. Um, no, that's that that I, I like I like how you said that. Um, yes, you 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 prepare, of course, as a team. Um, you know, for for this for this get together, but um, the important directions from 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 a vision and from a values perspective is something that you you allow to be co-created so that everyone can really own it. Um, and to me, and you and I. Uh, chatted a little bit before we hit uh, record uh, today about this but to me that is so important because I don't I don't believe in this idea of handing down a vision or handing down values I mean it needs to be something that comes from within because otherwise you can never live it right otherwise it's just words on the wall um, and we know that's really good for nothing so um Really, really fantastic how you do that. We talked about the, the the name Loop before, but um, you know, I I have a I have a bunch of brand people listening, and to them this is this is this is important. Um, so Loop is obviously uh, a great name for your brand for very obvious reasons, which we don't need to explain. Um, was it always a logical planned step to lose the the mission part in in you know in when you talk about loop and when obviously the mission you never lose right that's at the heart but from a logo perspective and from a from a branding perspective was the mission part mainly to secure the trademark and the URL because I'm pretty sure loop was taken everywhere and now you're slowly losing it because uh, you know it, it it it's easier to remember easier to say etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, we're actually. Our goal, anyway, I guess we made a mistake because our goal is not to lose it. Our goal is to put our goal is to put the to add the word mission everywhere. You know, at first we were called Loop Juices. This was our corporation name, but our bottle and our our you know our packaging had only the word Loop on it. Uh, but then we realized that, as you say, there was so many brands of so many industries. You know, in every industry there's a Loop out there uh, that it was very confusing for trademarks and for consumers in general, and. Julie, since the start, actually, we made a mistake because Julie knew since the start when we did the brainstorm for the name and branding, Julie was like, the eyes loop is too simple. We need to add the word mission. And she finally <laughs> was right. So we we added the word mission. And now all of our package goods are, are moving to having the word mission to it. Our, our logos everywhere will have the word mission to it. So Great. we're kind of creating a new logo with the word mission in it. And yeah, it's very important for us that it's it's it comes together. So now we're not loop. We're really loop mission. And it's to it, us, it, it's stronger because the purpose is directly linked to the actual, you know, brand of the uh, of the company. And David, you can try your best to be Loop Mission, but you will always be abbreviated to Loop <laughs> because that's how that's consumers—they're not going to say, "Hey, let me grab one of those Loop Mission, you know, beverages." They're like, "Hell, and this is great." Throw if, me if a it loop. comes from the consumer, <laughs> you know, if it comes from the consumer, it's perfect. This way, we can actually. We become loop in their mind, right? Exactly. And then we we take over that word, but it's not something that we want to force them to do, and we want to make sure that yep. they still see this word. But I mean, if this is what happens, we're happy. Oh, totally. No, totally, totally agreed. Um, now that we're knee deep in that conversation, um, what does now that now that you? I mean, obviously, you you both, you know, I mean, David, you 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 started numerous companies before. Uh, Julie, you have your 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 masters. You've 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 all been in business for a while. You've been through a lot of different uh, iterations of different types of businesses. Um, now that you launched uh, Loop or Loop Mission, <laughs> um, what what have you what have you learned? Like what 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 to you does branding mean to you now? I mean, you know, branding used to be like, oh, it's a logo, right? Uh, but 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 what does it what does branding mean to you now? I'm going to start with Julie and then move over to David. 
I've always been passionate about branding. I don't know why, because I was not in that area really before when I, I was doing my master in sustainability. It was not really about branding, but when I started to really like work in marketing, I, I was really passionate about how you, you express something with your brand. So for me, branding is really about communicating, expressing something to consumers. So our vision, our, our values, our personality, what we stand for, it's really to show our color. And, and it was really important for, for me that the brand is represents us. Like I wouldn't be able to launch a brand that is like just to serve the purpose of consumers, like to have like this market studies and be like, okay, that's what consumers want. So we're going to say it this way or that way. So it's really, we've created something that is something that we feel like represents us and, and we're lucky because it, <laughs> it worked, but um, I wouldn't be able to just like adapt it to make it work with consumers. So it's always about like showing who we are and then like you, like you're willing to go on that journey or not in, the, in a sense. Mar like, marketers, marketers don't like to hear this because you, exactly. know, you, you, make, you make a, you know, a market study and you, you really isolate your, your persona and then you make a brand that, that will talk to this persona. I mean, Julie and I were lucky enough to, to create a brand that we are kind of the, you know, the, the, the consumer target. So it's, it's easier for us to actually uh, move forward and have ideas and, and, and kind of move the brand along with us and, and the way we're evolving also at the same time, right? But, uh, but it's not always like this. We just, we're, we're just very lucky that we're the target audience. Oh, it is so much easier. Absolutely. It is so much easier. And that's also that's also when it becomes so much more um, intrinsic that you can be so authentic, right? Because it, it's just it's like, if it is for people like you, right, like-minded, then then it's, it's it's easier to just be yourself and not go by a script. Um, and, yeah. and any brand and, and, should do that anyways. Yeah. And I just think that for us, because it's like so much, Loop is so much us, we will lose our fun. If it's not something that like, resemble to what we what we like it would just doesn't feel authentic and i think authenticity shows like so that that's the way we make it work despite the fact that usually like <laughs> marketers say okay don't like you're not the consumer necessarily so don't necessarily like try to just speak to you and but the way we make it work is that because we do that that's what makes us happy and have fun and be passionate about the project and want to do more it's because like we we love what we do and we find that it's it's beautiful and we want to try things and we want to push the limit always a bit further away We're like okay uh, can we say that can we go that far can we launch a soap made with falafel oil and say it to consumers <laughs> uh and <laughs> and at the same time it's part of the fun of developing that brand is to push the limits and you know, I mean, it's you know, it's it's so easy, it's so easy to say authenticity, and because everyone just thinks, oh, you just you you you're just yourself. No, it's not. It is so difficult, um, and, and it really, really is because I mean, you know, even you know, I'm I'm running a, a startup on the site right now. It's a, in the in the product space, and so I am. I am now in this awkward position where, at least in my eyes, I think the whole world is watching me create my own brand. And here I am talking about authenticity and business. And then I have to really force myself to, to not to not have to not put out every Instagram post and every reel and whatever it is in a too polished way and actually step back and say, no, like make it more authentic. Like actually, I have to push myself to be authentic. 
um, it's not easy. Like everyone says it's so easy. It's actually not easy because the minute that you write something that is that is meant for the world, uh, you know, a marketing piece or brand copy or an image, or you always feel like, oh, this is this is the brand, right? But where there, there's this fine line and I, I I know it doesn't come easy. I'm sure to you in the beginning, it might've not come as easy or because you started it kind of like bootstrapped, it was always part of the brand. So you grew up with it most probably. For me, it was yeah. actually more difficult than for David because when I write it, like for example, I cannot do an Instagram post because the way I would word it wouldn't be authentic because I don't have that like easiness of making it really um, something real. So that part I've, I've gave it to David because he's really good at it. <laughs> let's let's say Julia is the more proper one in their in their relationship. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit more of the wild card that doesn't think too much, so I can write the way I think, and 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 so it's so it talks to people very quickly because it, it's uh, I talk in a familial way, right? It's it's yeah. It's it's easy to connect because it's not it's not uh, all uh, in French. There's a word that we call liché, which means you know the perfect translation will be licked. It's not polished. Like it's, not, yeah. it's not polished exactly. That's yeah. the word. It, like we, it's just it's rough. It's what it is. And and I think I think people can connect easily with this, right? Yeah, yeah, they can, and and I can attest to that. And and I'm a I'm a, I'm a big fan, and I I would invite everyone to um to check out uh, the 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 looped uh, mission Instagram channel. Um, talking about what's at the heart of the brand. Um, yeah, you know, every brand wants to stand for for one thing, right? At least like they want to get this DNA that's in the brand across to the customers. Um. If you would take, and with you it's kind of funny because that that analogy of taking it through a funnel, uh, everyone would think about the fruit and the veggies and everything that goes <laughs> through the funnel. But but actually taking your entire brand through a funnel, what comes out? Like what is one word that 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 best describes your brand? And you can have two different opinions here. It's totally fine. Can I can I have two words or it's one word? Well, it's kind of cheating, but you can. No, you can. Of course, you can. <laughs> okay, so I think I think the first word was purpose, and the second for me is fun. Hmm. So it's you know yeah, that's my two words. Julie. Okay, so I'm not gonna cheat, <laughs> even though I had so many words. I have so many words to describe the brand, but I'm just gonna say one. I think it's witty. I want the, I, the, the, the way we communicate, I want it to be like light and, and witty and at the same time smart talking about like deep subjects that are really important, that are uh, like massive like food waste, but in a way that is lighter for consumers, it's fun and it doesn't feel like we are um, like trying to give so a lesson. Julie, Julie, I think you're cheating. This was many words. No, that's just witty. <laughs> I don't want to cheat like David, but here are my 17 words that I would really like to focus on. <laughs> oh, I love that. No, but but I mean, you know, just to summarize, uh, you know, that idea of 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 you know of of making purpose fun, right? And kind of like or making purpose witty or having these two two together, which which seem like they're they're maybe not necessarily as related, but they can be related and they should be related and it should be, you know, your day to day where you should have a good time and you should do something or be part of a movement where you feel like you are actually having a deeper purpose, you know, in in what you do. And so I mean, you know, as the brand guy, you know, I always feel like this is 
great, even if the two of them don't feel like, uh, you know, the, the natural marriage, not you two, but, but the two words, um, actually blending it together uh, is this constant day-to-day -day exercise that you do with everything you say and everything you do. And it comes out really, really well. Uh, you know, I mean, I think that those words really, really describe the brand very well, which shouldn't be nice. surprising because it's what you do. Thank you. <laughs> so. That's good news because sometimes we have words that we think are branded and, and it's not the way the consumers see it. So I'm glad to hear that those words actually make sense when you look at them, when you look at our brand. Oh, you can feel it. Definitely. Um, do you have, um, since since this is about branding, my show is about branding at, at heart, um, when you, you talk about, you know, how you want to be um, telling the stories of not only the things that go right, but also the things that go wrong, right? And, and also the awkward stories. And you want to be very transparent because there are there are entrepreneurs out there that want to follow your footsteps, uh, e either in the industry or somewhere else, and they might get inspired by it. Um, what is what is some advice on the branding side, maybe that that you learned over the last um, over the last uh, six or so years, uh, where you where you feel like you, you can hand it over to founders and say either don't ever step into this direction or maybe push something on your brand side that 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 they might not think about. Can I go on this one, Julie? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll complete. I'll say <laughs> to me, I'll say. Don't get lost in studies and analyzing your impact and analyzing your results and, and your, you know, your audience frequency and how much you're known. Like, you better go for it and try things and tests. And knowing if your, your, act your marketing action is working is very easy. You have an instant feedback from consumers all the time. And you even have a number of likes and views, which really helps tremendously to know if it's working, what you're doing, right? And, and an engagement rate that you can get for free online. So, so <laughs> you don't have to hire agencies and try to you know, do market studies and, 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 and surveys to know exactly the wording you need to know. You just need to try things until you find the sweet spot and see you know, what does consumers really react to and what do they like when we try a few things. And, and that's, that's how you... You grow as a brand, and that's how you find out. You know, as a funnel again, you kind of follow down, funnel down to, you know, the the tactics that really works. I love it, hundred <laughs> percent. Really, it's a, it, it's it's really the way we've done it. Like we just try things because when you're really small and you're starting, you it's sometimes it's easier, but it's also faster and it's less expensive to just go out there with the way you think it. It, it is and you can adapt easily you can get the feedback so we, we started with a transparent label um that like you would see like the juices would split in because there is no homogenization agent and the juice would split and you could see it with the transparent label which was a mistake at the beginning but we launched that way and we got we feedback from like small independent grocery stores where we sell we had feedback from consumers and we adapted and we continue to adapt our branding and our labels every month, every year. We continue to adjust all the time. And I think it's it's always like fine tweaking the things you can just adapt. And at the end, sometimes it's uh, it's easier to do it this way than to just overthink it. And my my takeaway would be um, really also to like to go with the, the fact that consumers are smarter than you think. I know sometimes in marketing, we 
I don't know why there is this tendency of like marketers saying like, okay, talk on your packaging to like the dumbest person can understand. <laughs> but I, I don't know where that comes from, but I, I disagree with that because I think when we started the project, that was one of our biggest fears. Like our consumers going to understand our project because consumer marketing about the food has always been about premium. Oh, like this ingredient is so premium and it's like mm -hmm. the best ingredients you can find out there. It's handpicked in the Himalaya, I don't know, something like always this like story how like premium the product is. Uh, and we're going to the market with the message that was completely different saying like we're taking like the ugly fruits and vegetables or the leftovers or the like discarded ones. And we were like, are consumers going to understand? Are they going to be willing to buy the products? Are they going to like understand that these products are still very good for consumption? They just have like this and this issue. And we made that bet of saying like, okay, consumers are smart enough. They're smarter than we think. And if they're not, if they're not educated about something, make it your role to do so. I think like mm -hmm. it's also part of the brand to educate consumers and like ensure that we bring society to another place and we can talk the, this is an opportunity to share about like what you care for what you stand for so explain it share about it make it i don't know a qr code to link to something that explain more or, or just like uh, put something that's going to be intriguing so people would go see on your website if you want you need more space to explain i think we need to also be that like that agent of change that can educate consumers I love everything that both of you uh, said. Um, all, of, all of these points are, are fantastic. I know we're running to the top of the of the hour, and I want to be very, very aware of, of your time, <laughs> and I want to uh, make sure that uh, that we're not going over. Um, I know what's next for the Loop brand. I know you're you're heading to the U.S. market. Um, how can how can people follow Loop online, uh, and where can they currently get not currently, but when 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 you're running again? Uh, uh, where can they get the Loop products? So we're launching it in Sprouts nationally. So Sprouts will be, uh, well, the only place for now because this is what we can uh, achieve right now. But in, starting in three months, uh, probably, you know, in July, we'll be in many stores in the U.S. I can't tell you where exactly, but there are so many ones <laughs> that are actually calling us that we're very excited about it. So but we're going to start listing the, our U.S. accounts pretty soon. That's for sure. And then we'll open our online sales also in the U.S. Uh, before the end of the year, uh, if everything goes fine, uh, so that's yeah, that's that's pretty much where we'll be for now. Perfect. Yeah, so loop, loopmission.com. They can follow our journey. They can see the behind the loop videos and uh, visit the factory. Everything. Come with us. Visit like uh, a farmer. <laughs> We're out there all the time with the with these videos. That is that is wonderful. Um, on on December of last year, you posted on Instagram. This year, our goal is to build a strong enough team that will allow us to bring to bring back balance in our lives. So I know you're not there yet. Uh, it's 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 beginning of May, but that's what I wish you for the rest of the year that you're gonna get there. That the factory is gonna be smoothed out. Um, I want to thank you so much for for the time you spent with us here, um, despite all of this going down. Um, and uh, and and I can't wait uh, to to continue to follow the journey and see your progress. Thank you so much, Fabian. Thank well, we, we still have seven months, right, to get to that achievement. So I'm very confident we're getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you think <laughs> if you think about it that way, sure. <laughs> Four months down, keep going. <laughs> All, All right. right. Well, thanks for this time. Very appreciated. Absolutely, my pleasure. I told you I had a brand crush, and by now I hope you know why. 
Follow Loop Mission on social and continue to see how they push their purpose in a witty and authentic way. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I have the conversation. And if so, please subscribe, rate, and share the show. Hitting the Mark is produced by my consultancy, Finian, where we create clarity for brand transformations. This episode was edited by Everett Barton, and the Hitting the Mark theme music was written and produced by Happiness One. I will see you next time when we once again will be hitting the mark.